Hi, this is ESPN's Dave Lamont, and you're listening to the Sports Objective Podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Pirates. Welcome in to the Sports Objective here on a Thursday evening, and we are glad to have ladies and gentlemen all the way from LaGrange. Kyle from LaGrange, Barbara, how are you, man? What's going on, Dave? Uh, how y'all doing? Um, just uh, got home not long ago. I want to say again, uh, as we have in the show, that our thoughts and prayers are with Stevie Fly and uh, his family as he lost his dad on uh, Tuesday morning, I believe it was. So uh, again, as we said last night, I'll say it again tonight. Uh, thoughts and prayers to Stevie and his family. Absolutely. I hadn't had a chance to say that publicly. And uh, we thank a lot of Stevie and uh, just another sports podcast. Uh, and that's going to be every week. We have a lot of great programming coming up, another new show. And I know you and uh, Stevie are going to be great. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and the first episode was last night without Stevie Bubba filled in. We had Andrew Bays on. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, go back. Uh, Andrew Bay stayed on the sh- stayed on for the entirety of the show. So uh, go back and listen to it if you haven't had a chance to. I can't wait to do that myself. Well, let's bring in a great man from the state of Connecticut, Matthew Simenza. Matt, what's up, man? What's up, guys? I'm just trying to uh, <clears throat> spend a lot of time trying to keep up with this realignment situation. You know, we've we've talked about a lot of this stuff, but it, you know, it seems to change by the it's day good. a little bit, and. Uh, I'll tell you guys, really what's on my mind tonight, which might be a little different than the previous nights, is I want to see some passion from ECU leadership. You know, I'd like to see somebody out in front, somebody who's vocal, somebody who's who's working the media outlets uh, and and trying to sell the program. Because right now it's just not happening. Yeah. You like my gospel music in the background there for you, Matt? (laughs) Nice. I agree with you, Matt. I agree with you 100%. You know, it's... When you got SMU trying to join the ACC, and they're in our conference, and, and the Pac-12, and, don't and, forget and, that. And, well, that that doesn't that that's not relevant to me to this point because we don't have any schools in the state in the Pac-12 where we do North Carolina, North Carolina State, and you know maybe Gilbert did reach out behind the scenes and and told her and asked uh, Roy Cooper to uh, tell North Carolina, North Carolina State, if you're going to vote to add anybody from East Carolina's conference, in this case SMU from the American, then you have to vote to include East Carolina. And it would not have gotten us in the ACC, but what it would have done would have ensured that SMU didn't get into uh, the ACC, <laughs> which is good for the American, which is good for East Carolina. And, and it's just it's just no public statements like that. No, no, you know, we... <laughs> It just bothers me. I'm with Matt. Yeah, and what it does is it like it draws attention to the school itself, and maybe what it does is it opens yeah. eyes around the country, right? So if you're some guy uh, in Iowa who doesn't know much about East Carolina, right? He hears a public statement and he's like, "Oh, you know, what? maybe I'll go check this out. Maybe there's more to this." Now all of a sudden, it creates you know just some more knowledge about the program. But you know, you'd like to see just some passion 
uh, somebody vocal from East Carolina, at the very least, just to know that they're working on this behind the scenes. Well, Terry Holland, you know, he, he wouldn't shut up. He wouldn't shut up. He wouldn't shut up. And at the end of the day, we got when you look at the American, we were the only team taken that wasn't in a major market. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Here's, yeah. Here's the thing, guys. Um, for me, I know, Matt, we were talking in the green room. For me, what this is about is leadership. This is about, for me, selling the program. And when you guys hit the nail on the head there, listen, there's if, if you if you want to know how to be an athletic director, um, you have to build relationships. And when it comes to Terry Holland, if Terry Holland were still alive and he called someone, they would pick up the phone. Um, and that's the one thing we have missing is the, the, the very fact we have to have leadership at East Carolina that sells our program and really truly believes people get mad at, in the word sports medicine building when I get on them because they don't believe we're big time and they can get mad at me for saying that, but we are big time. And I wish that they would, if we are big time, then I wish that they would treat us as if they were at Tennessee or Alabama and say, look guys, we need to be in the ACC. We don't have probably a 0% chance of getting the ACC, but at least do something, try it because I'm not anti-American. I like Mike Oresco a lot as commissioner. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, it's all, I don't know about you guys, but it feels like right now, every man for himself. And so we've got to do what's best for East Carolina. Yeah, no, I agree. And now, now that we've all said that, uh, we'll talk about things that were rumored. Uh, Dave, you said you heard that the ACC schools right now, there are four members that are vehemently against yep. adding SMU, Cal, and Stanford. Uh, that would keep it from going to a vote. Um, so let's hope it stays that way. Um, if one more, you yeah. know, if they can get one to change their mind, they can put it to a vote. Um, Correct. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully SMU stays. Um, you know, will we'll Stanford, Cal, Washington State, Oregon State merge with the Mount West to, to kind of reform a Pac-12 with mostly Mount West schools? Uh, will, will they look at the American? This is really what I think will happen or could happen. I think there's a strong chance of it. And I really hadn't even heard anybody talk about this. This is just something that I, I think could end up happening. And, and, and this is all me, but it makes sense to me. Um, if the ACC says no, I really believe Cal and Stanford may go independent in football. Washington State and Oregon State can't do that. Um, and or Or Cal and Stanford may decide they want to join a conference i who i think those four or at least two of the four are going to end up joining either the american or the mount west football only and the pac-12 is going to end up surviving as a non-football league and those four will add the likes of gonzaga pepperdine fullerton and and, and play basketball baseball etc in that league which really state for stanford it, the other sports are more important and it would be you still have if you if you did that you still have one hell of a basketball league you, you put Gonzaga with that group you'd have one hell of a baseball league you put Pepperdine Fullerton Long Beach with Oregon State and Stanford so it would still be one hell of a league and then they could play ideally the four of them playing football in the American um, that would be to me the perfect scenario um, but we'll see how it all plays out it it could end up being a, a, a betting war between the American and the Mountain West for those four schools. And that's going to come down to whose TV partner is going to get more involved, the Mountain West with Fox or ESPN with the American. Yeah, and, you know, 
if the, if this rumor about the ACC rejecting the four teams, if if that's one hundred percent accurate, three three teams. I'm sorry, three teams. Uh, I agree with them wholeheartedly. I really do because I don't think those three teams move the needle for the ACC. As a matter of fact, right. I think what I think it does is it actually waters down the league a little bit. So I would agree with that. In particular, you look at SMU and. Um, you know, this, this this conversation of, you know, adding the Dallas market just amuses me because, you know, the, let's face it. The reason why L, uh, SMU is in the conversation is because of the Dallas market. Well, that that, that and Matt in the, in, under the new format, they got a lot of money. They're already playing players starting last year, 30 grand a year. And some will probably get more than that for all sport for basketball, and baseball, excuse me, basketball, and football. Right. So in the new in the new format with NIL, SMU is about to become a power somewhere. Yeah, and they definitely have a lot of money. But you know, it reminds me a little bit of the Big Ten when they added Rutgers, um, because they the claim to fame was, "Hey, we're going to add the New York yeah, TV market," which that proved. I mean, nobody in New York cares about Rutgers football. Uh, so How many people in New Jersey. I mean, you do have a a, a base of people, but nobody's. Nobody in New Jersey is rearranging their day for Rutgers football. You know, it just doesn't happen. Um, but, you know, Kyle makes a good point. SMU does have a ton of money. But, um, you know, I just think that if this is true, the ACC did the right thing. Because I think, you know, Stanford is a is a national brand. Cal, to me, Cal, I don't think Cal brings anything to the table. None. I really don't. Um they, they, I don't bring, believe they bring much value to the table. So I think they're just trying to ride Stanford's coattails you know, at this time. Yeah. Saying Cal and Stanford, they, one of you guys is getting text messages like crazy. Uh, Cal and Stanford, um, they don't add much value to the ACC, but they do to the American. And, here, and here's my analogy I used earlier or in some, in some group I was texting with. Let's say they increase revenue by $5 million per school by Cal and Stanford, you know, and in our case, Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State. Well, increasing it by $5 million per school to us is a lot of money. That takes us from $8 million to $13 million. But for the ACC, it takes them from $30 million to, per school to $35 million per school. That doesn't really move the needle. And I guess you could say $5 million is $5 million, but it, they add a lot more value to the American than they do the ACC. It makes perfect sense for the American to want to do it if we can get it done. It, it, to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense for the ACC. Yeah, well, it comes down to, I think, the academic piece. It's uh, um, the only thing that, of uh, uh, for me, for value. Uh, but otherwise, uh, guys, we got a lot of comments here tonight. So, the, um, the, What do you mean the academic piece? You, you don't think You don't think having that exposure on the West Coast and the and the and the increased television revenue that it would it would bring us if we could get them in our conference would matter. Oh, you're talking about no. I'm talking about the. Uh, I was talking about the um, ACC. But no, no, it doesn't we, have the ACC. I don't think it I'm the ACC about, at all. Except, ex, it, 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 unless ESPN told them, "Hey, look, you you, you get us a Pacific Coast time slot, you know, um, then, then we're going to give you another ten million dollars per school." But to me, if you're going to do that, then go ahead and add all four of them. Like, take Washington State, Oregon right. State too. And, what, and just leave SMU the hell alone. I don't understand that. But anyway, go ahead. All right, let's do some uh, quick comments here. Uh, let's see. First off, Elliot. Hey, Dave, and all quick question. The new radio announcer that is taking Jeff Charles' uh, place. Is he temporary for the full football season, or they are accepting applications? Thanks. 
Uh, Elliot, so what uh, they did, he's interim for this year. And uh, apparently John Gilbert wants to do interim. And I didn't even get a chance to tell the guys in the green there this, but I know this for a fact. Um, Gilbert, anytime he wants to do an interim uh, on an interim basis, uh, would be hiring somebody on the outside. Um, so they hired Jim Zoki for the football season for this year, and then they're going to reopen everything in March. So I do know that for a fact. I, I wonder if there's any chance Zoki, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how tight. What if he, he catches is. on? Well, you know, and he's still working for the Panthers as a color analyst, and, he, and he's got obligations right now for Furman basketball Winthrop. with Winthrop basketball, yeah. But, you know, if we love him and he loves us, you know, I, have no I wonder, problem I wonder how, how, how fast he can get out of those commitments. I mean, and I guess he could go ahead and finish out those commitments to the Panthers and Winthrop and then, you know, take over in the full-time role uh, next season after doing interim football this year. Just have um, let uh, Scooter do basketball. Yeah, here's the thing, guys. I do know for a fact that, uh, Matt, I don't know if you know or Kyle knows, but uh, David Tepper is, like, really difficult to work for. And Zoki is a huge Panthers guy. I mean, this is his 29th season with the Panthers. Um, not to get off the rails too much, but just uh, to let you guys know where the, the backstory. Uh, Jim is not – Jim was a finalist, and they didn't pick him. He's the in-house guy. Tepper went outside and picked somebody, you know, the new and, announcer. And to, to be clear, if anybody who doesn't follow the NFL closely, that's the owner of the Carolina Panthers. Thank you. Yeah. Zoki, Zoki put in for the job. He's a color analyst. He put in for the job as the play-by-play guy and did not get it. So go on. Mick retired. Mick Mixon, yep. So it makes perfect sense if uh, if he catches on. Jim is a professional. He's great. Uh, I like the fact that we have him. Um, so we'll see how it all plays out. But that's what's going on behind the scenes of the Panthers. I would hope. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the color analyst gets for the Panthers network. But I would hope if you're calling our baseball. He's not. Excuse a, me. If you're calling our basketball and football games. I would think you would make more money. He's not. Yeah, he's not a. Um, he's like a pregame guy. Okay. Um, he's not, uh, and he's on the broadcast. He, you know, he he, but he's not the analyst. Uh, he's more like a. What would you say? A, a producer? Well, he's not a producer. He's on air, but he do, helps with the pregame. I understand. Goes. I understand. I understand what you mean. Um, yeah. yeah. The Marty Fuhr type guy for us. Um, right. I. Uh, I, yeah, if he catches on and he wants a job permanently, wants to leave the Charlotte area, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. All right, here we go. Uh, we have a uh, this is random night tonight. Uh, Shell says Terry Holland was a very uh, well respected nationally. Absolutely. Um, you know, again, if you want to look at what uh, Terry did a decade ago or more, um, then check that out. Brandon, here's another one, uh, guys. He says that CBS Sports releases the college football playoff bowl prediction uh, projections. For 2023, yeah, East Carolina versus yeah. James Madison in the Camellia Bowl. Yeah. That game will be in Montgomery, Alabama on December 23rd. I I don't take that, any. <laughs> that's just the three of us right that, here. That we, means about as much as, okay, uh, the sports objective predicts East Carolina will play uh, will, will, will play Georgia Southern in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. There you go. That's the official sports projection pick. There you all go. Right. All right. Here's uh, Elliot. I wanted to bring his up. Let's see if I don't. There we go. He says, Dave, every single football game where UNC, Virginia Tech, you and uh, I guess he meant NC State went to Greenville. It's always a sellout. Look at all the revenue, Dave. I could care less about playing teams like Rice. Elliot misunderstand what I was saying. I was talking about. I, it's not that I wouldn't want to be in the ACC. 
Um, and obviously, we would sell more games at the ACC. <laughs> what I was saying is we don't have a chance to get in the ACC because we would be the fifth school in it. I have no problems being the ACC. Yeah, of course we want the ACC. It's, 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 it's not us. I'm not yeah, saying we're yeah. picking the ACC, Elliot. So, uh, so yeah. I don't know how I came across East that. East Carolina has never turned down an invitation to the ACC. Nope. Uh, let's see. Shell says Cal and Stanford will not come to the ACC. Stanford has a $29 billion endowment and all cash, Cal, and Cal has $9 billion. Cal and Stanford will not come to the ACC, or do you mean AAC? Shell. No, he's still with the ACC. I, I don't understand what, what he just said contradicts himself. He's talking about their endowments and how they wouldn't go to the ACC. That doesn't make any sense. He, because he's saying they have plenty of money, they could even now, go. Yeah, they're the- trying to go to the ACC. He had to have meant AAC, or what he said does not make any sense. No, I think he meant the ACC because they, they don't. I couldn't have. Let's put it back up there. It says Cal and Stanford will not come to the ACC. Stanford has a twenty-nine billion dollar endowment and all cash. Now, that makes no sense, Dave. It makes no sense. They're trying to get in the ACC. He had to mean AAC. All right. Well, I mean, he can. Let's see. Clar- clarify that, Shell. If you meant ACC, explain what you mean. Yeah, but I think you meant AAC. All right. And let's see. Elliot says, bring us ACC teams. All motels are sold out. Look out the money. Elliot, again, uh, if you're <laughs> I'll, I'll, I, I agree with that. So that I don't understand uh, that. But uh, I think you misunderstood that I'm not anti ACC. I was just simply saying. Which, uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing about that, Elliot. I mean, we trust we, we everybody. Empire Nation wants to play more ACC schools. Absolutely. Without question, we all do. But they refuse to play us at this point. First of all, <clears throat> they don't want to come to Greenville anymore. Virginia Tech has backed out of that series. Um, we have to strong arm NC State or UNC to try to get them to come to Greenville. Um, so it's it's obviously something we all want. But the ACC views East Carolina right now at this particular time they they view us as a the type of game where there's nothing to win. Stepchild. Now we we all disagree with that, and we know that's not true, but that's how they see it. So, right. um, unfortunately, Elliot, as much as we all want it, uh, I wouldn't get my hopes. You know, no, don't, don't bet the house or the farm on it. Uh, peanut peanut butter hero uh, says Tepper is destroying the Panthers if he didn't already do it. Uh, he said, um, made me want to find a new team. He said that David Tepper is equal to Jeff Comfer. Oh, my. Uh, but anyway, and uh, let's see. Shell's saying the academics would never come to the AAC. There you go. Okay. I knew uh, he had to mean AAC. Nobody in Pirate Lakes, uh Let's see. Or Brandon says, nobody in Pirate Nation likes this AAC conference. It's absolutely disgrace. I, I don't think the... Here's the, here's the thing. I don't think that um, my thing for guys, my thing is, like I said before, to me, it was a mixed bag because not to rehash, but you, I was looking in the map the other day, guys. I, I really like the, uh, for the, uh, out of the six teams, I like three out of the six. I liked <clears throat> UAB. I liked UTSA and I liked FAU. Yeah. And, my, and everybody knows my, sense. my, my, uh, so I, I had a hybrid of three markets and three teams I wanted in. Yeah, I me too, Dave. State. Your, your hybrid was my hybrid. Yeah, upstate, I said Marshall and ODU were my yeah. three. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could I could flip flop with Marshall and 
I could flip flop ODU and Southern Miss either way, but I would understand ODU with market. But yeah. I um I uh yeah I, I I've been saying that the whole time. But um I, yeah. I where we're at now, let's hope somehow we get some of the Pac-12 leftovers and and we need anything we can to bolster the conference. And if, if let's hope we don't lose anybody. If if we lose. SMU or Memphis or Tulane or the common air, any combination of those two or three, it's over. It's done. Uh, you, 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 you can get on that train to the Sun Belt as fast as you possibly can. All right. Let's see. Uh, right now, Thick Poppy says, Love the podcast, guys. Me and my lady are watching right now. Go Pirates. Uh, Thick Poppy, thank you so much for watching. Appreciate we appreciate it. you. Thank you, yeah. Thick Poppy. Maybe, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll actually be able to talk, actually, you know, at some point, you know, if we're sitting here in August. Maybe at some point we'll be able to actually talk real football and this conference trail on itself will be settled at least for the time being, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. All right. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I think uh, I think we're good. I think we've got – I think, like I said before many times, I think this uh, team is the deepest team year five under Houston. I think we're going to have a really good year. I'm really confident. Um, I've said all along, I think a conservative that you guys, I know that Kyle doesn't agree with me, but seven and five is what I'm going with. Um, so I'm going to stick with seven and five on the year. I would love for it to be. I think we can go seven and five. I'm just not bullish. I'm just not bullish on saying seven and five or, or eight and four when, when we had all what we had last year and we only won eight games and people can say the schedule's a lot easier when you really dissect it. It's really not. It, when you first look at it, it seems like it's a lot easier. But then when you really dissect it, it is really not any easier than last year's schedule was. No, it's not that. I just think that the, I think that I think the uncertainties, um, Matt. I'm going to bring you in, being a former pirate, middle. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, we lost Dave for a second. Did Dave have a stroke? Hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. We got you. All right. Sorry. Um, yeah. So for me personally, um, I think there's a lot of talent out there. And Matt, when well, I was going to say that you uh, being a linebacker, um, I think the defense is looking great. I think uh, the offensive line was a push, like I've said before. I think the O-line coach is really good. Um, I think it, it really comes down to me, guys, uh, obviously the first month. Uh, that September schedule is it going to come down to quarterback play in in, in receiver play. We're going to be able to run the ball. I think the O line is going to be going to be serviceable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and another thing to me, Matt, how good do you think this defense could be? I think this defense could be really good. Where do you think the ceiling is for this defense? Do you think it's good, average, really good, great, good? Using those adjectives, where, where would you say the ceiling is? Well, I'll just start with this. So (laughs) one of the things I've learned over the years is I try to never listen to coaches in August because what they're going to do, and and, and I'm going to get to your question, Kyle, but in a roundabout way, but we, what they do is they sell their team. They're going to tell you, we added this, we added speed, we added length. Right. And maybe they genuinely feel that way, but I need to see it on Saturdays first. Um, But to answer your question, I do feel like we're faster this year on defense. I think we have more speed. Um, I think the middle linebackers can run. 
Mm-hmm. I think some of the uh, the Sam we brought in from North Carolina, Ra Ra Dilworth, he's a guy that can run. We ha- we added we did add length in the secondary, a corner and safety. Um, by all accounts, and I did see some video. I was pretty impressed with the actual video of our corners and their ability to kind of flip their hips and run. Um, so I feel I feel good about it on paper. But Kyle, to answer your question, I just need to see it on Saturdays, man. I'm not even ready to make a prediction yet. I think it can be a solid defense. I think it can be, you know, very solid. But just how good we are, yet to be determined. Right. Okay. All right, guys, do uh, you want to take some phone calls? 252-290-0375. And let's see here. Got can you put that on the screen, Dave, or do you, do you have that graphic handy? Yeah, I can put that. Uh, we're going to go first to Shell. Shell, what's up, man? Good. What's going on? What you, what's on your mind we, we, today? We can't, we can't hear Shell, Dave. All right, let's see. All right, give me a moment, guys. I keep talking. All right. Matt, uh, what, 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 uh, what are some of the games you're looking forward to on game on uh, week one or week zero besides the Pirates? I'm looking forward to, just like last year, Florida and Utah. This time uh, Florida has to head out west to play at Utah. So, you know, I think that's going to be an awesome game. And I'm hoping, uh, you, know, you know, obviously I'm hoping we can make it competitive at Michigan. But, uh, you know, we shall see. What about you? Well, that's the Thursday night game that you, Florida Utah games. So looking forward to that. I always love the first Thursday night of college football season. Looking forward to all the week zero games. They're really in a really good matchup. Florida, or excuse me, Hawaii Vandy. Um, you, you got UTEP Jacksonville State. Um, you, you got UMass New Mexico State. But all the week zero games, just because they're the first college football you can watch. Notre Dame Navy. Um, so looking forward to all those. Uh, then then all the Thursday night games. Florida Utah. Minnesota and Minnesota plays somebody from maybe Nebraska. Um, okay. NC State UConn is on that Thursday night also. Um, and then if you get into the weekend, obviously I'll be you know watching East Carolina and uh, Michigan, um, Houston UTSA. If you want to talk about an American game that really interests me, Week One, Houston in the Big Twelve now UTSA with a very experienced football team goes on and takes on. Houston with a new quarterback. I like the Roadrunners to pull the upset off on, in that one. It was a great game last year, if I recall. Yeah, it was, every time. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, hopefully UTSA takes it to them. You know, now that Houston has decided to move on, I, you know, wish the worst for them in the, in the non-conference. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll see, man. But, um, you know, week zero, to your point, Kyle, definitely you don't have that marquee game, but it's football. And exactly. if, there's college, if there's college football, and we're going to be watching it, so and it's two weeks from Saturday. Week, week zero is two weeks from tomorrow. Unbelievable. Or tomorrow is Friday, but two weeks from this coming Saturday. All right, let's try to see uh, if you guys can hear Shell. All right, go ahead and talk, Shell. We got nothing, Dave. Go ahead, Shell. Very low volume, Dave. You can barely hear him. Okay, go again. Go ahead, Shell. Very low volume, man. It's, it's it's not usable. I mean, it's I don't I don't know what the problem is. But. All right, try it again. Nah. I think that's I think that's worse, actually, Dave. Yeah. Worse? Yeah. It's not any better. It's about the same. 
Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to work work on that. Uh, yeah, we definitely need to work on that off the air, and uh, that needs to be. You know, we've got it to work a couple times in the past. But yeah, we need to have that. Uh, we need to have that locked in and and perfected by uh, by the playback for uh, for. Yeah, we got it. We got it. That's not a. All right, go ahead, guys. Uh, I know with uh, we got some more things. Let's see. Let's yeah, I think Brandon makes a comment. We're talking about early games, LSU, um, and, and what's up, Brandon? But uh, LSU versus FSU. You know, last year, yeah, that's a Florida, Florida State shocked me last year when they beat LSU. I, I was not expecting that. Um, I expect now that Brian Kelly in year two, he really turned that ship around towards the end of the season. I expect LSU to take it to Florida State and win that game. Um, I, I'm, I'm sticking with that prediction. I, I, as a matter of fact, I love LSU in that game to win. I think it'll be a good game, but I think LSU wins it also. Uh, Brandon also mentioned the Tar Heels and the uh, Gamecocks, which I know he's really excited for for some reason. Uh, I, I hope South Carolina beats their ass. All right, here's one from Alan Vick. As far as um, as Mason Garcia goes, the Pirates will go. Don't be surprised to see a lot of Alex Flynn. Success normally comes down to quarterback play. I've heard Mason look, has looked tremendous in practice so yeah. far, actually. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if he actually can do it in the game as well as he has in practice. I don't I don't think Flynn will see the field, but who knows? A lot can happen between now and Michigan. It's not a matter. Yeah. Let me say this again, and I want to pitch it to you, Matt, about it. It's not that Mason is playing bad. What happened is Alex Flynn has improved a lot, and there was it was a situation where there was no quarterback uh, controversy, if you will. There was no, and all of a sudden, then Alex Flynn has has uh, been working really hard. He's improved, and so Matt. So what I'm saying to, is the guys. It's not that Mason has sucked. I don't want people to think that Mason is playing bad, and Ella, and um, Flynn is playing better. The deal is. You got two great. The, the bottom line is the great thing about it is we have insurance, guys. You've got Mason Garcia. God forbid if something happens to him, you still have Flynn that will do well. And there's not, I don't think there's a lot, there's a different style of play, but I don't think there's, as far as talent wise, I think Alex I, Flynn is very underrated. I think from a pure talent standpoint, physical, physical well, abilities, phys- Mason Garcia is elite physically. The, the question is, how's, how does he have it between the years? Or as Alex Flynn has it between the years and has incredible touch, um, Mason has the bigger upside. Uh, but you never know uh, if Flynn gets in the game. You know, uh, he he can be a great game manager, and sometimes that's what you need. So um, I'm hoping Mason lives up to expectations. Is what I hope. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think Alan. You know, I think Mason's the guy. I think uh, if you listen to Mike Houston this summer. In the last few weeks, he's he seems much more confident in Mason's ability to run the offense. But what I'll say is, I think a lot of Mason's success, especially early, is going to come down to play calling. You know, I wouldn't, you know, a quarterback who his essentially his first start, right? I mean, I know he started versus Navy years ago, but this is essentially his first start. I wouldn't throw the entire playbook at him. I would simplify a little bit. I would try to give him some some very easy reads. Um, you know, some simple check downs, just simplify the game for him a little bit, especially early against Michigan, because what you don't want to do is put him out there in his first game in the big house and essentially just, you know, have things fall apart to the point where his confidence gets destroyed. 
So I think a lot of this is going to come down to play calling, but I definitely feel like a hundred percent Mason Garcia is the guy. Hey, uh, one of your buddies, a guy that you know, well, speaking of linebackers, I put this on Lebiano. He was talking about Terry Holland. He said they had a PowerPoint ready in public, just saying. So yeah, we gotta, we gotta sell the program. You know, um, we got to really do a better job of that. And, and it, you know what? If you here's here's the thing, guys, too, I want to mention I've been very disappointed uh, by the ticket sales. I thought we would I thought by, you know, we would do better this year. We've gone to a bowl two straight years. You would think the uh, but what it comes down to, we got to do a better job of marketing the team. And yeah, it's a better job of marketing. Because you you got to have to do something because that home schedule ain't going to sell no tickets. So you, you're going to have to do something to to some creative marketing because you know the the best two matchups on that or the best three matchups on that schedule for home are Marshall SMU which is a Thursday and Tulane which is in November so um and and uh, it, it is what it is but I'm excited about it but the average fan uh may not be so you, you're gonna have to market a little stronger to get them to buy tickets be creative um you know I like the idea of uh you know that UAB's doing. I'm selling some tickets at Costco. Why, why yeah. not sell sell, uh, sell those upper sell those upper deck tickets, upper deck uh, upper deck season tickets, the cheap ones at Sam's Club, and uh, maybe some some people that are new to Greenville or some casual fans want something to do. will just buy them at a, at, a, at a good price. No question. I mean that's the thing, guys. This is for me personally. Um, I love when I saw that. I love that idea. Uh, because the the bottom line is what we're trying to do is it's very simple. We're trying to get those fans there, and and there's a you know people talk all the time, um, not to get religious, but I will say this: how do how do most people pick a church? It's because I invite my friends, right? It's the same thing with football and sports. I've got guys right now that had never seen the ECU game. Uh, two come to mind. They were not traditional East Carolina guys that are ECU fans now because they've come the last two years to football games with me. And so I had an extra couple of tickets. I said, hey, guys, you want yeah, to come? And, and now when you start winning in, it's the time to be recruiting new fans. Yep, exactly. We have a product to be – the thing that's disturbing for me is uh, the Montgomery era. Uh, Matt, we didn't have a lot to sell, did we? Uh, so oh, now that's, so the, now under, that's the understatement of the year right there. <laughs> we had a lot to give away. Nobody would take it though. No, no, I guys, you would not believe how many times I had extra tickets and nobody would take a free ticket during that time. Now under Houston, they will. And so you're a perfect example of that, um, by the way, I think uh, shell was calling in about this cause he's putting up here. He says, hey, Matt, your friend Jeff Carr is doing a lot of great things for the community. I'm helping him with a few things also to lead uh, some incentives. I spoke to Dave about it. If you have a moment, I'd love to speak to you about it as well. Um, I think what he's talking about is Jeff's sister has a charity uh, for underprivileged kids uh, there, I guess, in the Charlotte Metro, uh, where she's baking guys loaves of bread. And then uh, people are buying them and taking them to different uh, schools in the area. So uh, I want to give a shout out to Jeff for doing that and his sister. Um, unfortunately, I'm sorry, Jeff. I don't know his, Jeff's sister's name, um, but that's just an awesome thing. And I appreciate it. He loves the bread to schools and giving them away to children. Yeah. Okay. That's it's definitely a good thing to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so Shell, anytime I'm, I'm happy to talk, always happy to 
support former teammates. You know, Jeff's a great guy. Always help any way I can. We have another great guy on the show right now, Mark Libiano. You know, any former teammates, uh, always happy to help out in any way. And, you know, definitely hit me up. We'll talk about it. Yeah, they don't, like you're saying, they give them away. They don't charge for it, obviously. And so a great uh, ministry, I guess, if you will, great charity. So I appreciate this. Uh, like I told Shell about it, it's, guys, it's pirates supporting pirates. Yeah. And you, you want to talk about Jeff Carr and you, you hey, this is, is this like a linebacker show? We have, we're talking about Jeff Carr. You have Matt Semenza, Mark Lebiano, three of the greatest linebackers we've ever had. Um, for sure. And so, we'll, we'll put them all three. <laughs> we'll, we'll start another show. We'll put them all three on the show together and call them cool. the linebackers. I, knew I, don't know, I don't know if I belong in the, in, in the greatest, but uh, I can talk. I can talk. I'll say that. But those guys are some great linebackers. So. Yeah. Was, speaking of talking, and uh, Matt, you, you were great, dude. I, I, re, yeah. I remember your playing days, and you're right. You, I'm sure you met on the field as far as talking smack, but uh, – uh, you, you, I um no doubt. I, I uh speaking of talking, uh, one thing we have not talked about, and I guess we ought to address it. The uh, the basketball schedule came yes. out today, and I'm I'm good with it. Uh, really, no complaints. Um, you get you, you're gonna play Florida, in a so-called neutral site in Lakeland, Florida. You, yep. You, you got uh you got South Carolina coming to Greenville. Uh, got got a road game with George Mason. You got Wilmington, Wilmington. coming to Greenville. Uh, you got uh, you you got the, the Pirate Classic there, whatever it's called, the basketball yep. tournament we're going to be hosting with uh, with Kennesaw Georgia Southern, State. Kennesaw, and uh, Northeastern. So you got a you got a Colonial team, a Sunbelt team, and Kennesaw. I don't, I'm not sure what league they're in now, but they're going to Conference USA next year. Correct. So um, not bad, but I got a question: the season opener, Dave. Tell everybody who we're opening the season. <laughs> with. I thought, and I will say this: so I told you guys. I thought it was a and and uh, I thought it was a uh, typo. I said it's got to be like Furman. You know, Kyle says Fordham. Fordham, yeah, yeah. The two of us thought it was a typo. Hey, I, hey, I really you thought did. you were getting punked. You I did. Punked. Yeah, I did. I I did not think it was a real school. But ladies and gentlemen, it's in the great state of Virginia, the Commonwealth. We're playing. Um, I, Shell Powell. This is his second favorite team, Ferrum. Ferrum Division Three, Ferrum Ferrum College. I know Shell. You have I've seen Shell before. He actually has a sweatshirt that says Ferrum. Okay, and so the, I don't want to like Division Three, Ferrum. Yes. I don't understand it. There, there needs to be an explanation for this. If it was an exhibition game, okay, <laughs> but I don't understand why. Was there not a Division One <laughs> game we could play at all? Couldn't we get anybody in here? I mean, any Division One team. It ain't as bad as Lebo. Lebo used to do like two and three Division two games a year, but one Division three game that is that I, I, maybe there's a reason behind it. I I think so. Uh, well, I, I would say this is my opinion. I I'm, I want to have a Division one team, right? But I think basically that's a warm up game. The same way if we have yeah, SBS opponent, you, you, you can play. You can play. You, well, I, maybe. Well, you you. I, I have a theory well, on this. Well, well, I could. Well, I may be about to say your theory, Matt. And tell me if I'm right or wrong. You you could open up with a with a super crappy Division One game, but it's going to bring your RPI or whatever the hell it's called in base, basketball. Baseball we call it R. Is it called RPI basketball also? Um, it, your strength of schedule. If if you play somebody like um I don't know Coppin State, it, it it could bring your strength of schedule RPI way down. Where if you play a Division Three opponent, it doesn't affect you. It doesn't even count really. 
it count your win and loss total, but when you're NCAA, the NCAA tournament, the NIT tournament, do not count Division two and Division three wins. So it's like they didn't even happen when it comes to tournament time. Okay. That's a good theory. Uh, we could go with that one. Uh, what is yours, Mike? You know, my, my theory is a little different. I, I think maybe there's a personal relationship. Maybe, um, you know, Mike Schwartz knows somebody uh, of somebody he coached with that is now coaching at, how do you say uh, it, Ferrum? Is that what Ferrum, yeah. I don't, I don't like your theory. If we're playing Ferrum as a favor, screw all that noise. I mean, that's that's the only thing I could come up with because who the hell is Ferrum? Exactly. Right. Hey, Alan Vick. Alan Vick, here we go. He says Ferrum, he misspelled it first time, a uh, typo, is very known for uh, their academics. Both my kids have been there for academic camps in their younger days, et cetera. Beautiful campus, lots of money to put in the facilities. Had no idea they played basketball, laughing out loud. Division three. <laughs> Ferrum, baby. Fair I don't run. get it. I, don't, I do not get it. No problem with the rest of the schedule. I am not. Uh, nobody comparing. What's that? Uh, what's that idiot on Hoist the Colors? Uh, oh, Ori. Ori, yeah. Don't compare me with Ori or any of us with Ori. <laughs> we're not complaining about the bat. We're not. We're not complaining about the basketball schedule. Just the one game, Ferrum. Do you might know who Ori really is? Is, is any any? I think it's actually Matt. I think that's think Matt's alter ego. I think it's Bubba. I have a theory. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, Bubba. Just kidding, Bubba. It's like Matt. Matt's like trolling his own school. <laughs> it's Matt and Bubba. Actually, they have a joint account. And they take turns playing Ori. It's like Matt <laughs> has a bad day. He's like, fellas, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, look, I had a bad day. And then these jokers, I'm using that word, the clowns on, on the message boards were really getting at me. And I just had to go in and sign in under Ori and let him have it. Is that not no, right, Matt? One way you'll know it's not me is because I don't have that kind of time in my life to research <laughs> purrs. You know, it's always per, per minute, points per. I don't have that kind of time. I just don't. <laughs> well, you have a wife and kids. You have a life. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, here's uh, Brandon. So I'm going to put this up on the screen because I need to explain this to Brandon and everyone that says this all the time. So, um EC would be better off playing Duke, UNC, or State in basketball. Well, Brandon, that is correct. However, they won't schedule us, Brandon. The net, that is like the RPI, if you will, for basketball. I don't know why in the world they change it in the net. But anyway, so if they are, our, our RPI, which is now net, is so high, if you will, it's way up well, there. So low is the best. Low way is to say. Actually, yeah, low, low. Um, that it hurts their strength of schedule to play us. Yeah, and, and honestly, Dave, even even if we get to the point where we're playing a little bit stronger schedule like we are this year, and you know we're, we're in a we're, we're a top one hundred net team inside the top one hundred, they're not gonna play us. Be honest. I mean, they're they, not, would, they would play us. They they played uh, Duke played ECU thir- uh, twenty thirteen. Yeah, this happens sporadically. But how many times they came to Greenville? NC State one time, and one. they ain't gonna do it again. So, no, it's yeah, it, it's not going to happen. And there's really nothing wrong with our non-conference schedule this year, honestly. Uh, you, you could you could make an argument that you maybe like it a little bit more difficult, but it, 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 you got two SEC opponents, one coming to Greenville. Yeah. You got George Mason out of the A-10. You, you Wilmington. Got, um, huh? Wilmington. You got Wilmington, which is a good oh, rivalry yeah. game. I've you know northeastern out of the colonial Georgia Southern out the Sun Belt. Yeah, I, don't, I don't have a problem with our schedule. It's just that 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 first game is just it's hysterical. I mean it's 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 laughably hysterical. And I love Mike Shores and 
I'm not I look, this is not anything against Mike Schwartz and like I said, I'm good with the rest of the schedule, but playing Ferrum, I did not see that coming. Well, that's a, su- a surprise and it gives us I guess the one good thing about it, it gives us something to talk about here on a Thursday night in August <laughs> when uh, we're not quite there as far as the uh, football. But guys, I am just uh, so excited that football season is just around the corner and uh, going to Michigan. Matt, are you going to be able to make the trip um, to Michigan, Dan Arnber? Still up in the air. I have, okay. uh, geez, I have four trips I need to take this fall for baseball tournaments. Two are in Florida. So it's going to be tough to add in another trip to Michigan. But if I can do what I'm going, you know, it, it's a bucket list trip. So it's, if I can do it, I'm going to try. You know, we'll are see. you, uh, are, are you making it in the Green Wolf for a home game this year? Um, I'm definitely planning on making one game. Just not okay. sure which one yet. It's probably going to be a game uh, late October, November. If if yeah, I can make it, yeah. So you're talking Charlotte, Tulane, uh, Tulsa. Uh, who else is in there? Tulane, I think, makes sense. I mean, that that would be. That's uh, November fourth. So. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yep. Charlotte, though, I mean, how ironic would it be? All the the smack I've been talking about Charlotte for two years. Biff, baby. <laughs> I tell you what, I think uh, Kyle was onto something. The more I thought about it, uh, Kyle, I, I think I made this analogy if I didn't. Um, to me, uh, I've been wanting to if I haven't. But to me, I think Biff is the ultimate heel and uh, East Carolina is the baby face. And so um, in order in wrestling to have like a match, you have to have a baby well, face. You have to, have a heel. To, to, to them, I'm sure they're the baby face. I mean, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> the way the comments he's making, man, he's definitely well, not he, a baby he hasn't face. made any comments negatively towards East Carolina that I know of. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that, that he's, you know, right, he's, trying to draw, he's trying to draw attention to him. He, he's either a complete imbecile or he's very, he, he's one or the other. Like I said before, I'm not sure if he's going to be a great coach or the worst coach ever. There's going to be no in between. I don't think. I I really don't. I I think he's either going to be great or horrible. I really don't think there's going to be an in between. No doubt. And we're trying really hard to, you know, that October 21st. Matt, are you going to be able to come down for uh, for homecoming? Because uh, he just talked about that, Dave. I didn't hear him. I'm sorry. I know you said you had to have. uh, I know. Possibly. I'm still trying to figure it all out. It's a possibility. I apologize. I didn't hear that. But uh, yeah, that one, that one's one October 21st. Um, Sorry, Dave, you're multitasking over there. I can I, yeah. see, like, you're looking for comments. You're doing a bunch of things. Yeah. I apologize. Good. Um, yeah. Normally we have Bubba to like, I can lean on, but uh, Bubba's taking the night off. I appreciate you Bubba very much and uh, miss having him on the show, but ter- uh, certainly understand uh, we've had a lot of content, a lot of stuff going on and we're trying to get ready for. Yeah. Uh, so we, we talk a little football. Um, practice reports from earlier this week uh, a couple okay. of interesting notes to me uh he coach didn't mention any of the uh, transfer receivers uh he, he, all the guys he talked about at receivers the guys we already had here uh so hopefully you know those two boys don't end up being bust uh maybe they'll contribute uh maybe they won't we'll see um he uh really obviously uh Roger harris he he's big on the way he's come back from injury it, it, it almost, Matt. It almost sounded like to me he wanted to say better. He was better than he was before he got hurt. He 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 came out. He can He said everything but. Um, I don't know if you you heard it or not. Um, 
Sure did. So, yeah. so, so good to hear that about Rajay. Sounds like Jalen yeah. Johnson's doing well. Uh, also, uh, it sounds like your boy, Dave, uh, Josiah Hatfield, is looking really good in practice. He's I, his, yeah. So maybe he'll finally live up to the to the to the glimpses we've seen. Just be consistent, Josiah. If you can just learn to be consistent, buddy, you're a playmaker. That hey guys, that you know, uh, last year I was real. Speaking of bullish, I was very bullish on him, and I'm doubling down because I said this is his last year. Matt, I'm going to ask you that. Uh, how big of a deal is it when you? When it comes to being a senior, playing football at D1 level, do you put more pressure on yourself knowing that, hey, man, I've only got 12, maybe 13 games left? Or do you think it's like you just, you know, like you say, hey, enough is enough. Don't worry about it. Just you go out there and you have nothing to lose? Well, I, I kind of looked at it like it's it's now or never. I mean, it, right. it's, it's literally now or never for Hatfield. And, you know, I think that – you know, he's been a little banged up in the past. He, you know, he was a little. He was injured a couple of years, right? Yeah, Two different yeah. Years. He was. I mean, it, it just seemed to coincide with the start of the season. But uh, he's got the ability. You know, I think he's probably feeling really confident right now, having a good fall camp, and he knows it's his time. So, um, hopefully, he has a breakout year. You know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. I like to hear though that he's having a good camp. I mean, I think that's going to be big for the team. Yeah, he's and that, one of the few guys that brings that vertical element where he can stretch the field. And guys, you know, we were talking about, you know, the we were talking about the different positions and the quarterback play. He's the type of guy that if we want to win seven games, maybe eight in that range, um, he's going to have to. He's a guy that we we've got to lean on, and he's he's one of those guys we talk about all the time. He's got a lot of talent. And we know that being banged up, but it's just consistency. I know that's a word we've used a lot with him. And consistency is the one way for him. Uh, you know, hey, you're a senior. You're a leader in that locker room. Um, you know, he he's – what is his speed, Matt? Like a 4-3 off the top? He was right up there. I don't know if he's a 4-3, but I think he's a legit – from what I – I think he's a legit 4-4. Four, four. But if he okay. can go 4-3, okay. if he can run a legit 4-3, then that's, you know, that's world-class speed right there. Yeah, yeah. I know he's very fast. I just didn't know exactly um, where he lands. But the main thing is, again, as a receiver, um, it's great that you can have the speed, but you got to run the routes correctly, and um, you got to be able to really – the separation, I think, is uh, something a lot of receivers at that level, the college level, don't do as a good job, don't you think? At times, I mean, yeah, or maybe no, no doubt. I mean, I think a lot of you know young receivers, especially, they struggle to read defenses and, and make right. the right adjustments. And you know, for for him, I mean, he's well beyond that now. He should be able to, you know, pick up on anything that's thrown at him. And and uh, you know, I did hear somebody say that he's he's just at least right now at this point in fall camp, he's nobody can stick with him in man to man coverage. So wow. that's a good sign too. Um, very good sign. The other guy too, Kyle and Dave, uh, Jari Patterson, apparently, um, who was actually a pretty big time recruit coming out of high school. He was a top 25 recruit in the state of North Carolina. Wow. Um, initially went to, yeah, he was a big recruit initially went to Marshall. Um, oh yeah. I remember him. Yeah. I remember the name now. Yeah. Uh, he actually, um, he played with Alex Flynn in high school. Alex Flynn was his quarterback. And so I guess things didn't work out at Marshall. He transferred here and 
Um, apparently he's done nothing but work hard for a few years and now he's got his chance to, uh, to shine. So another guy that's kind of off the radar that has a chance. Well, that's what we, that's what we built a living. That's what we made a living on guys that uh, had the chip on his shoulder. So, uh, that to me is gonna be great. I've got a couple more. Let me get this come up to you. This is a great uh, question. Uh, Brandon has what home, which home game do y'all think is the most important? He says Tulane. Most important, I guess it depends on, you know, if, if the last game, if, if, if the last game of the year were five and six, then that two line, that Tulsa game becomes the most important game, you know, to get to six and six. Um, so yeah, it's, it, early it, to know. It, 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 it's hard to say. I will say, I'll say Marshall right now because it's the first one. Um, I'll say Marshall is yeah. the first one. Um, you know, I'll, if, if you want, if you want to know the one we, you know. There's two we must win, uh, Gardner Webb and Charlotte. Um, so yeah, Marshall it just, game it just depends huge. on important. The, the 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 biggest home game on paper is is Tulane because of what they've done. Uh, if, if they if they are repeat what they did last year, they'll be in the top twenty five as they are to open the season when we play them uh, in early November. So it just depends on the situation, what we're doing, what the opponent's doing. It's really hard to say. Um, what the biggest home game is going to be for this year. Uh, uh, right now, like I said, I'll say Marshall because it's the first one. I, I agree with you, Kyle. I mean, that Marshall game, I don't know if people realize how big of a game that is. Correct. That is a huge game. And I hope our fans turn out because, yeah. God, I must sound like a broke. I say this on almost every show, I feel like. but Well, you're, you're staring 0-2 but- in the face and hitting into Boone. If you right. Know, it could be 0-3. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. You, that is, that's the point. Exactly. And, yep. and I, in my opinion, game, yeah. you have got to win that game at home. You know, we don't love the we don't like the term "must win," right? Especially when it's a second game. But that is a big, big game. Yeah, and, in, uh, unless unless app, it, you got to win Marshall or app, and you would figure you stand a better chance of beating. Even though I think Marshall should be better than app, you get Marshall home apps on the road. App doesn't lose yeah. very often in Boone, so yeah, it that's a game that we. It's going to be tough, Matt. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if Marshall's favored in that game. Really? Um, but we need to we need to try to find a way to win it. If we don't win it, then we're going to be desperate going into Boone, um, which you know you never know. If, if we're a good desperate team, uh, that could, that could be a good situation to be in. But I'd rather I'd rather be coming off a win against Marshall. Yeah, one. Yeah. We're literally one. You know that the, the first game is not going to. To me, the Michigan game. I mean, they're, the ESPN gave us a one percent chance to win a one percent chance so then you have uh, like you said the marshall game you feel like that's a 50 50 game uh and then uh, as far as app state i i think we could beat app state but the on the road is uh, like you said is a real it's not easy to win there but i do think i think the app state t- team is not as good as what we've seen in the past they shouldn't be um phil still is bullish on them um, and I and I trust Phil Steele as much as I trust anybody in terms of college football. So um, I, that's interesting to me that he's so bullish on them. I know they did pick up a lot at the portal. They got some former assistant coaches to come back that um, that were there in the past, so they were more successful. So um, that also could contribute to him being thinking they're going to have a big turnaround this year. But last year, people forget, man, they were six and six. Right. Only four two. FBS wins, two were against right. FCS. So, um, and they, they at times last year, you know, 
they couldn't stop anybody. And, and then their offense kind of started to go south. They got a new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. It'll be interesting to see what happens. That's that game three is very interesting, but yeah, that Marshall game. And I think Power fans will turn out for that Marshall game, Matt. I yeah. think I think it's the home opener. Marshall's a a a team that they they they're a rivalry, their regional game, and because of the movie, they're a bit of a brand name. Right. Um, people know the history of Marshall. I I don't expect fifty thousand, but I do expect on the low end thirty six, on the high end forty five thousand. So right. somewhere in that range. Yep, that would be yeah. a, that would be a great crowd if we can get forty five. And yeah, you know, I, I see that as a pick 'em game. But Marshall's never won in Greenville. Correct, but to me, and I that think just means that's the due. advantage. I, I, yeah, I think I think that's what odds makers are going to point to. Like I could see us being a you know a three four point favorite in that game I, just I because we're the home team. I'm gonna I'm gonna it depends on what happens week one. We have a great showing against Michigan. Lose that game by like. 20 play well um then i can see that otherwise i i would be willing to bet you marshall's gonna be about a one point favorite see i the thing for me is um when you look at when you look at these teams and you look at marshall um their defense is going to be good um but again uh like you said guys when you look at the gardner webb game when you look at the marshall game when you look at um smu um coming up uh those you know, SMU is going to be one of the best ones. But if you look at uh, the best teams in the league, obviously. But um, I know you guys. Uh, I like getting them on a Thursday night. They got to travel from Dallas. I yeah. believe they play the Saturday before, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you yeah. can check your schedule and see. Uh, if they do, I like that. Um, I think we play Rice the Saturday before. That's um, correct. So, we're, but we will be at home. Even though we have to play on the road the week before, we will be at home. SMU's that's a long road trip for a Thursday night game. Um, so, you, you, but can we, yeah, or I'll pull it up myself. You guys hold tight. I'm going to pull up SMU's schedule or fly fast. That's what I was going to see if they play the week before. Yeah, Matt, as far as, uh, as far as our schedule is concerned, when you're looking at uh, how, I say it every year, but our September schedule, we have got to, Man, if there's some way that we could be three and two, four and one, the Michigan game, I, I'm not counting on. But you know that Rice game. I know you talked about how like there's going to be about what ten fans, maybe fifty fans, to be generous at most, um, and they'll all how, be pirates, by the way. Exactly, uh, the great state, uh, great state of Texas, of course. The uh, Houston, the city of Houston, is awesome, but. But for me, that game is tricky because uh, the fact of there's no fans there. But I you know they, I keep hearing about Rice is a lot better than people are taking them credit for. I know they were a bowl team. I'm not knocking. It's not like I think they're a cupcake and that East Carolina is going to easily go in there. But I just have a feeling about our team. I just have a feeling that we're talking about Marshall. You're talking about App State, Gardner-Webb. It's, it's a situation where if we can play – well against Marshall, and then you um and then you win that App State game. You got you feel good about Gardner Webb. You could be three and one going to that uh, Rice game as well. Yeah, and you know you like to think that in year five under Mike Houston, we're going to be good enough in the trenches where right you know like in the past right we've had we've had teams go down to Rice into that stadium with nobody there and, and literally get blown out. Um, well, once that, that's happened. Once, um, rough, right? you know, and rough so, first year. Yeah, I, I, I like to think that in year five we're going to be good enough in the trenches, especially defensively. Now the O line 
there's some more question marks. But I think the front seven on defense, I think, is going to be able to keep us very competitive in, games. in most games. Um, so, so that's what I'm kind of leaning on when we play these teams like Rice and, you know, uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, and, and, and these teams like this, App State. Um, I do. Yeah, think App State, App State will probably be able to match us. They will. I think you know App State. You know, not to get too far into analyzing that game, but if you can stop the outside zone stretch, yep. you can then set yourself up because what they like to do is hit you with the stretch and then go play action off of that. And they torched us with it in Charlotte a few years back. If you guys and they're so, back to doing more of that with the return of their old offensive coordinator. But but for me though, guys, I just I wanted I wanted to get back before we get too far off subject from it. Um, SMU, uh, actually, we we play at Rice. They play Charlotte in in Dallas the 29th of September. Then we're both off the following Saturday and play Thursday night, October 12th. So we're both off before that game. But they they do have to travel to Dallas. But they won't be coming off of a Saturday game. We're both off uh, before that game. But go ahead. I still like our chances. I, I really think I, I well, we'll I, know a lot more about us and SMU by the time we play that game. Of course. And it's painted black that night, Thursday night. I like a I mean I, I like our chances. I really do. I think it again, um I uh, our fans, uh we may get thirty, thirty five thousand that night. I uh, wish we could get more, but Thursday is so hard. I know we do it for TV for the money, but man, Thursday night. If the weather's good, the students normally show up for Thursday night. Yeah, they will definitely be there. Uh, I feel confident. Um, that, that is that fall break. God, I hope not. Now, now that I'm looking at that, looks like fall around fall break, or maybe fall break is a week before. But man, I hope that's not the case. But we'll see uh, for sure. If you have a question or comment, you can put it up there. I know, guys, we're. At an hour now, a little bit over an hour, and uh, we had a guest, but uh, unfortunately had a family emergency. So we and thought we kind of talked about everything needs to be talked about, and unless somebody has yeah, anything, anything else, we were yeah, wrap this puppy up. There you go. Yeah, one more. I do have one more comment. I want to put up in this real quick before we got out of here. I forgot to get this from Shell. He says, "How about Gavin Williams rolling the show?" Shell and I are huge fans of Gavin Williams and uh, doing great for the Guardians. Great for the yep. Guardians. Good for good for Gavin. Good for the Indians. Uh, Look out but, for Connor Norby with the Orioles. The Orioles or the O's are so hot right now. You have, uh, of course, uh, Burley uh, with the Cardinals. Yeah. Matt, do you ever uh, with baseball and, and Kyle? The Cardinals just make me sick. And why? And you say, Dave, why do you say that? Because they have the, probably the best farm system in a, in all of uh, Major League Baseball. I'm not like envious of them, but um, oh, why does that make you sick? That's just good management. No, no, no. I'm because I don't pull for the Cardinals. I'm happy for oh. Burley. I think that. Uh, and um, by the way, thank you, Monica. It's not fall break. Fall break is uh, October seventh. Thank you. I was oh, good. That here. means they'll be back on campus. That's yeah, that's good. Thank you, Monica. She's one of the best, and um, I look forward to your calls in the fifth quarter too. Um, by the way, I got no. uh, one. Really Go quick ahead. on Gavin Williams, Dave. And I look Shelton. forward. I look forward to Monica's calls on the uh, on the on the pirate playback. Dammer calls on the fifth quarter. There you go, Monica. We're going to be able to do that this fall. Uh, we're going to be taking. Go calls. ahead, Matt. Let me step on you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Always look forward to uh, Monica's Monica's calls. She's always always welcome. Um, but I was going to say the Gavin Williams you guys mentioned. 
if you go back, Bubba and I actually checked this out a few weeks ago. Go back and check out that Vandy game in the Super Regional from a few years ago, Gavin Williams versus Rocker. That was a big time game, man. That was a that was a major league game. I don't care what anybody says. That was a major league game. I, I can't go back and watch that. I can't deal with the whistler. <laughs> Damn that whistler! I hate that whistler. That's annoying. That's like uh, that was as good of a in terms of pitching as good of a college game as you'll see. And, um, and speaking, of, go ahead, my finish. Just, no, I said I'm just really happy for. I mean, Gavin Lee is a big time talent. Big time Just happy to see him blowing up in the MLB. Speaking, speaking of the Pirates and Pros, 10 o'clock NFL Network, yeah. Colton Naylor, Seattle Seahawks, uh, NFL Network, 10 o'clock for the, for the world to see. In fact, Alan Bick, thank you, Kyle. You read my mind. He says, how much playing time do you think Holden will get tonight? I would think Seattle? significant. Yeah, the, usually the first game, the start, uh, Geno Smith probably won't even play tonight, the, the first string quarterback. And I'm trying to think of the second string. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Morgan was talking about last Saturday. Um, but he lost the starting Drew job. Locke. There you go. Lock. Yeah. So he's the second string quarterback. I would say that my my personal uh, get, my guess, would be that he gets most of the reps and, um, and Holton will half. get some. I think, I think Holton will get a lot of the second half reps. Um, but you're right, Drew Lock. Where did Drew Lock play college ball, guys? He played at Missouri. And okay. I was thinking Midwest. I'll tell you, like, you're going to laugh at this too, Kyle. That draft, I, I, well, it turned out to be wrong, but I thought he was maybe the best quarterback coming out. And now he was a tremendous college quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him well. I just could not remember. I just, Midwest is all I could think. It's going to be on the NFL network. So make sure you check that out uh, here in about, if you're watching live at, yeah, if you don't have NFL Network, it's also going to be available if you're a Prime member on uh, on Amazon Prime. All right, so yep. I have that. I definitely have that, so I'll be able to check it out. Guys, do you have anything before we go? I'm going to get some more drink here before a pirate, not a pirate beverage, um, but some uh, another Pepsi. Do you guys uh, have anything before we get out of here? No, I was kind of beat that horse to death. Uh, talked about everything needed to be yep. talked about. Expansion still hasn't played out yet, guys. Keep watching it. Maybe, maybe things will break our way, and we'll get some Pac-12 members in the American Washington State, Oregon State. Who knows? Uh, at this point, I think all things are still on the table. And ECU leadership, be vocal, speak up, speak up. You know, this is not the time to sit back in the shadows and be silent. And that's all. That's all I have to say about it. All right, I agree one hundred percent. In fact, uh, this is the time that you need to be the most vocal, sell your program, sell the team. That's how you sell tickets. If you're out there, we're going to be doing this. We're going to build this. We're going to just like you. That's why the Pirates Unite campaign is going very well um, is because of that very thing of they've done a good job with uh, getting the word out about that, the $60 million project, five projects. And uh, we need to get that. We need people to donate money to the baseball project expansion and to the indoor practice facility. Those twos are desperately needed right now. Um, make it happen. You can go to ecpirateclub.com. You can uh, or call 252-737-4540. Uh, that, and don't forget to get your season tickets. You can still get them at 1-800-DOWL-ECU, or you can uh, go to ecpirates.com. All right. Uh, appreciate uh, Miss Bubba tonight. He'll be back with us soon. He's taking the night off. Hey, hey one, one more quick thing. Uh, okay. we're, then we really are going to get out here. We have not mentioned this on the air to my knowledge. 
uh, Big Game Boomer. Everybody follows Big Game Boomer there. Oh, yeah. Literally, to go follow him. Great guest the other the other week. Uh, he he ranked his his best podcast for every school. Had the Sports Objective as the best podcast, which you know that might not have meant much in the past, but now that I goes in the game uh, with with the Hoist Colors podcast, it actually means something. So uh, I uh, appreciate Big Game Boomer calling us the best ECU podcast. And uh, so go, go if you if you don't follow Big Game Boomer on Twitter, go give him a follow. Check out his content. Uh, he does podcast also, and uh, always has great lists. So uh, yeah, in fact, uh, speaking Boomer of which, for, uh, for 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 uh, for that honor, thank you. Uh, that was great, uh, Big Game Boomer. And by the way, guys, we'll get out here. He actually has a list of the best mascots for college football. Petey coming in at number twenty six. So, so I think respectable, should be higher, but, respectable. But that is respectable out of one hundred and thirty. Where he gives us number twenty six. So. Uh, big game member, thank you for that. All right, we'll get out of here. Thank on, you. Now. See, I got to add one more thing now, Dave. Best, I'm okay. going to I'm going to give you conversely the worst mascot. You ready? Tulsa, the Stanford tree. Uh, the, the, the tree, <laughs> I, the tree of knowledge. But that Tulsa, <laughs> that, that Tulsa acorn head man is pretty stupid, stupid too. <laughs> we need to have a debate on that. We'll do that in a future show. The worst, the best mascots, and the worst mascots. We can do that. Uh, very soon. I love it. Man. I've never understood what the hell Tulsa's mascot had to do with a hurricane. It just looks retarded. Well, I don't get to say that word anymore, but it looks stupid. All right, there you go. See, Kyle, All right. You corrected yourself. You know, it wasn't well, you know what? It, when, it when it comes to that, I, I would not want to offend anybody that has any children that may be on the spectrum or have any kind of mental disabilities. I'm generally sensitive to that. So, uh, well, right. other things I really don't give a damn about. <laughs> All right, we'll get out of here before we have any lawsuits for Kyle, Matt, and and for me, I'm Dave Richmond. As always, want to say good night and go Pirates. Every touchdown with the cannons blast Get it on, get it all, get the way it goes